This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. A very cool video focus episode of the podcast that y'all can't see. No, it's just for me and the friendos out there on the other side of the country. It's Steve and Larson from Going In Raw. Guys, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing great. This is really cool. I, I was telling you guys before we got started, I was like, it, I watch you guys on YouTube and I've watch you guys for a couple of years now and then uh it's like i'm in a i'm in a going in raw episode this is this is cool yeah you get to be it's the full experience you've got my camera larson's camera and then you're here so for right now you're the third man you're the third going man, in yeah. raw yeah. i like it i am the third man there you go um well there is a lot of professional wrestling that uh, i wanted to touch on with you guys today i know you guys don't talk enough about it so i wanted to ensure that your weekly um wrestling talk got uh got covered so that is that's why we're here um i wanted to first start off with AEW dynamite they had their one-year anniversary show last night what did what did you guys think steve we'll start with you uh i was i i i like AEW a lot um i thought that the anniversary show was like a really great opportunity for them to run some like sort of bigger angles than they did but uh, but I thought that there was some really, really fantastic wrestling. Um, AEW has really found their groove when it comes to to Dynamite uh, uh, after, you know, I mean, it's been a year. There were some shaky episodes uh, throughout the first, you know, period of, of Dynamite's existence. But uh, I think that it was it was a thoroughly entertaining show. I just for some reason I had it in my head. It's the anniversary show. They're going to run some like huge, like, you know, landscape changing angle. And that didn't happen. You chalk that up to my own expectations, uh, which were probably impossibly high. Uh, otherwise, I thought it was a fine show. I thought there was a bunch of really, really fun wrestling matches on the show, which is what AEW is pretty much all about anyways. Larson, what yeah. about you? Uh, yeah, the wrestling was all pretty sharp. Um, uh, and I, I'm in agreement with Steve. You, you, you hear anniversary show. You hear one year. You, you, you kind of get your hopes up that something major is going to happen. Something that will you know, it, it will, will shake the ground uh, you know, on which AEW exists. That didn't happen. Uh, you know, in AEW, they go through, they're, they're kind of streaky. Yeah. Like they'll have a, a series of really, really good shows. They'll have a couple shows that feel like a little bit off. Mm. And for all the really good wrestling from the storyline perspective, especially just something felt a little bit off last night, just a little bit. I mean, like I'm I, of the two of us, Steve and I, I'm like AEW top fan. Mm. Um, uh, Steve's the NXT guy. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, but that being said, I won't. I won't be AEW shill uh, through and through. <laughs> when when you know they have, something's a little off, I'll say it's a little off. And last night just felt a little off, just a little bit. I would have. 
friend of the pie will i don't know if you guys are rbr wrestling fans but rbr one of my favorite podcasts um will made this point on twitter and i actually agree where it's like i would just change all the titles when i saw the card for this week i was like you know what one year anniversary show i wouldn't be mad if they just all the people who were challenging for the belts this week all went over i don't think anybody would have been upset about best friends going over i don't think anybody would have been upset about lance archer just beating the living crap out of john moxley and no disqualification so he wins with just some crazy shenanigans and then cody dropping to orange cassidy like i don't I don't think anyone would have been would have been upset or Big Swole, who's just had a great year in 2020. Like, I think if you had just done something bold where every title just changed hands and just this upset special, I think I wouldn't have been opposed to it. I think the one uh, title that I think probably would have made the most sense to change, because I, I, I uh, one fourth agree with you. <laughs> I think that I think that the I think that Big Swole should have picked up that women's title last night because. You know, one of the complaints that a lot of fans have had about AEW is that, you know, their women's division hasn't gotten the shine that perhaps it should. Mm -hmm. Now, there's been reasons for that. I mean, you know, pandemic, which has affected everybody, obviously. You got to get Brandy Rhodes on the show, though. You got to get Brandy Rhodes in there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Pandemic has (laughs) pandemic has like uh, really, really hit their women's division uh, really hard. So I'm hoping for a strong 2021 from them. Mm. Uh, but that being said, Big Swole has been involved in perhaps the biggest feud, the biggest women's division feud they've had um, over the past six months. And that's been her and Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to signify, hey, we're going to try to kick things up a notch uh, or we're going to we're going to give it a you know a kick of the pants. Maybe we haven't been able to find much for Sheeta to do. We have been able to find some for Big Swole to do. Let's put the title on her. And uh, and then, you know, she can uh, intensify that feud with uh with Britt baker maybe getting into something with nyla rose um there's any number of directions they could have gone in um i think that would have made a lot of sense i'm not sure why they even had orange cassidy it, it was a great match it was mm-hmm. a great finish but he had a he had tnt title shot two weeks ago and he lost yeah you know if the if the idea of the tnt title is opportunity you know give somebody else that opportunity yeah orange cassidy's gonna have three tnt title matches in what six weeks yeah mm-hmm. you know? best friends as a whole the group coming up short is kind of their thing is they're they win a lot of yeah. matches that don't really matter and then they lose the big ones and mm-hmm. i think that's something that professional wrestling bookers fall into anyway it's like kind of a trap where we're like oh it's the Zack Ryder thing where we know that they're going to be over whenever they come out so it doesn't really matter if they come up short because we know the fans are going to pop whenever they see them so if we don't put the belt on them it doesn't really change their trajectory and i think that's what those guys fall into unfortunately yeah that might be the case um and, you know, a lot of people would say that Orange Cassidy might be wrestling too much, mm. you know, and might lessen the attraction uh, of the character of Orange Cassidy if he's on TV on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, I've really minded him wrestling because, by and large, he puts on fun matches. But I see that point of view. Yeah. And yeah, I thought the Cody I, I, stuff was good. I thought yeah. that was yeah. a good yeah. – they're a good back and forth. Like, those conflicting styles, I thought, made sense. And Cody getting frustrated with him and just him taking it seriously. And it's super serious Cody having to deal with Cassidy. I thought that was good. I, I understood why they did that this week. Definitely. Yeah, I do think that they... It, it's funny because WWE, because they've been king of the mountain for so long, you sort of look at certain conventions that have been established with them going back decades. You know, you protect your people who you want to protect. Mm-hmm. And... The the thing is, that's that's something that has got to be universal in wrestling. You know, you have your stars. You need to protect them to keep them stars. 
but a you know AEW is kind of no different. I mean, sometimes they I I think that especially with Cody dropping the title to Brody Lee in such a spectacular fashion, and then coming back and just basically getting it back. I know there was a dog collar match, and it was but there really needed to be a bigger build for that because at this point, especially with Cody going back visually to pre uh to pre uh losing his title cody with the blonde hair uh everything's just back to the status quo with him it just feels like the brody thing didn't change anybody didn't change him uh uh, uh it's not like cody really went through much uh at the end of the well, day it just feels like yeah he dyed his hair and then dyed it right back yeah. <laughs> so it's not as if that meant much and that's as a wrestling fan that's all we yeah. want is we want these feuds to mean something mm-hmm. and for it for co for Brody at this point to just sort of, and there might, they might be playing a longer game, which is yeah. entirely possible. It sort of feels like he was a placeholder and Mr. Brody Lee should never oh, yeah. be a placeholder. Well, I mean, yeah, Brody said that the original intent for their feud was not for him to win. Uh, I think Cody dropped the title so he can do that, uh, that a uh, game show, a talent show he did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You can go and shoot that, you know, however many weeks he was gone with that came back. Uh, all right, let's pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of seems to be the deal. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but it, it's fine. I think ultimately Cody was always meant to be the Triple H of this company. And it, it spoiler, <laughs> Triple H wins is something that uh, I very much hope is a Cody thing of just him just going over. Because it's like, oh, yeah, it's his company. He has a lot of power here. He's just going to go yeah. back over. Um, when you looked at next week's tournaments, I think Jim Ross sometimes does this thing where he accidentally reveals too much and i think something i took away from when he was talking about the the tournament he's like interesting that they put page and uh kenny omega on opposite sides of the bracket and it's like oh man you didn't have to say that out loud we, we know where this is going like you just look at it and you're like they're clearly gonna do omega versus page in the finals but it was just funny because excalibur was like well look they got phoenix and uh pentagon in round <laughs> one to try and save it but it's like yeah, we know how this is going. We 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 know that that's where we're headed, right? Like, there's no no way they don't do that. Look, man, AEW fans were were a savvy lot. We can mm-hmm. Jr. knows that. Jr. knows where this is headed. We know where this is headed. Yeah. I say, why dance around it? Mm-hmm. Uh, just call it like it is. These are the two most powerfully uh, powered up guys uh, in this tournament. It's clear Joey Janela is not going to make it to the finals. It's clear Phoenix so. <laughs> is not going to make it to the finals. Uh, this is going to be an amazing hangman Kenny Omega final. I'm looking forward to it. Same, same. How do you think it goes? Do you think they give Paige that spot back as a top heel, or do they go Omega and do Moxley Omega when maybe there are fans? I'm thinking it's going to be Mox and Omega. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if Pandemic kind of uh, stretched out the story they were yeah. they were telling with. Omega and Page, if they were looking for some sort of symmetry and have uh, Kenny get his title shot at full gear rather than earning the opportunity for the title. Right. Um, because now it's another three months if they, if they save that match for pay-per-view, which could be done. But, I think they uh, really want to do that in front of fans. I really think, think so, yeah. But we don't um, know. Everything we just yeah. don't know. Maybe then now that they have you know 10% capacity at Daly's Place, they're content with the number of fans they have there. It's like, well, there's at least there's some people here. We can just keep on going with the creative we had in mind. Um you know, if if, if Kenny, uh, uh, you know, bends the rules a little bit, takes some shortcuts to beat Paige, uh, has another really good match against Mox, wins that title, and then Paige has to come back and kind of uh, uh, rebuild himself from the ground up 
earn a shot against Kenny six, eight months down the line, that he beats Kenny for the title. Um, I think for Paige, that's that's some pretty pretty quality storytelling there. Um, you know, they've been doing AEW rushes. I feel like a lot of stories. Mm. This is one they're not rushing. They're really taking their time building up Paige, and it's probably so far the best thing they've done creatively is building him up. Because when he, when AEW started, like Hangman Page basically had no character. There's yeah. nothing there. He was just guy. Um, with you know that we all thought had a lot of promise, and 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 they pushed him to the moon immediately. And that hasn't exactly happened, but it's been to his benefit because now his character's great. Mm-hmm. He's got to show all sorts of facets of himself as a performer. And, you know, if they really take their time with this, uh, do that, you know, more for six, eight, 12 months. When he wins in front of fans, the the, the roof is going to blow off that building. Yeah. It's going to be huge for them. So they've been doing a good job with Paige, taking their time. I don't see any reason why they would change that. Kenny will go over against Mox and then uh, Paige will win the title off off Kenny. That's yep. my guess. Copy and paste what he said. That's how I feel too. <laughs> I wouldn't be against it. I would like that storytelling. Um, NXT. Steve, you're very familiar with NXT. Um, Love me some NXT. Is that the reason that all their top guys to keep being injured? You're just too in. You've placed some sort of <laughs> curse on NXT. You like yeah. them too much. Are you bad? Yeah. Dude? No, it's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, being oh, from that, Sacramento. Yeah. So I, you know, I alone am the reason that uh, they had such a terrific team in the early odds that were only destined to fail against the Lakers. I've carried that onto whatever I love. Is Vlade Divac running NXT now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be the case. That could be the case. Running that into the ground too. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. No. I. I. Uh, it is. It's unfortunate what's happened with the uh, with NXT. Uh, they're really good at adapting. They have a mm-hmm. crazy deep roster. Um, well, that's something uh, I was going to ask you because do they at the moment is NXT deep at the moment in terms of top baby faces that fans want to see? Like I think there is. You have Adam Cole who they're transitioning into that role, but outside of him, I was surprised they did not bring Ricochet back. Casey Catanzaro is already there. He's not doing anything on Raw. I don't... I think uh, this company on the Red Brand and NXT, they really need some baby faces to latch onto. Keith Lee got called up. You need some people. Johnny Gargano is a heel right now. I, I don't know. Balor being a heel. They need some guys. And I don't... I don't know. I don't think they're as deep at the top as they've been in years past. I think that they have any number of people who they could sort of activate. Mm-hmm. Um, Balor, I sort of see him as more of a tweener okay. than a heel these days. Um, you know, you had uh, uh, Karrion Cross, who is a, a terrific heel uh, character. I yeah. mean, he's, ne- he's never going to put in a four star match. But uh, but, you know, unfortunately, he went down. I think there are any number of people who could step up. Uh, you've got Bronson Reed, you've got Damian Priest, who's, uh, who's turned face at this point. Um, you've got any, any number of people who I think could, I mean, Champa is just sitting right there. He yeah. could be activated as a face easily. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the things about NXT is that they have, uh, uh, been able to in the past so many times because of things like either injuries or call-ups or what have you adapt to any situation that they're thrown into. That's one thing uh, Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels are really good at with NXT is keeping things. They've had to learn by necessity to keep things fresh and to uh, to adapt to situations. So, uh, so yeah, I think that, I mean, are they in a situation now where they were 
uh, two years ago when you had, you know, a more firmer stable of baby faces at the top, Alistair Black, uh, 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 who am I missing? Oh, Rick. Well, you mentioned Ricochet over the past year. Keith yep. Lee, maybe not, but they are in a situation where any number of guys can step up to that to that next level. And Bronson Reed could conceivably skip the North American title scene and go straight to the heavyweight title scene. That guy, he parallels Keith Lee's Keith Lee in any number of ways, um, and he could step right up into that position. And uh, I mean, he's that's the good thing about guys with his kind of size is that they're more believable stepping up into a large main event babyface role because of their size and the confidence that he projects with that. That's what people kind of want to see big men who can like destroy things. Rich They'll Holland. believe that. Yeah. Ridge. Yeah. Ridge Holland, Ridge Holland. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so I think that it might not be obvious, but the pieces are there. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Yeah. You didn't mention Kyle O'Reilly. Because I am just the biggest Kyle O'Reilly guy. He is he's, so damn he's, good. Yeah, yeah he's he's, he's a he's a terrific wrestler. If they wanted to pull the trigger on making him uh, a perennial main eventer, mm-hmm. um, they could totally do that. Oh, and yeah. and it, it remains to be seen what the plans are. If Ridge Holland had a large role in whatever was going to happen with the Undisputed Era, it seemed like obviously that yeah. was the case. How they're going to pivot, um, I have no doubt that they're going to they're going to find some way to to continue to make that story compelling. How yeah. would you end Undisputed Era? Larson, how would you end the Undisputed Era? I wouldn't. I don't think I would either. I like the whole New Day thing where it's like, I don't think some faction should just have to do the the stereotypical breakup. Just have them move on. I, I think, or if you wanted to do, if you really wanted to do something, I think Roderick Strong is far more compelling as a heel than a baby face. Agreed. Agreed. And I think if you had him, that whole story of how he got into Undisputed Era anyway, by shocking people and hitting a crazy backstabber. Like if you did that to Adam Cole to really solidify Adam Cole as a top baby face and then have Bobby fish be torn between those two and Roderick strong. I think that would be compelling. If you really wanted to split them up, that would be the way to do it mm-hmm. because I just, I think the value in top baby face on NXT with Cole and Kyle Riley is significantly higher than fish and strong. And I think they just work better as heels. And I think that would be a compelling just when fans are back a takeover of a tag team match between those two would just tear mm-hmm. the house down like that's an nxt takeover main event is a oh, tag yeah. Team match yeah for sure yeah yeah i i agree with that any of those scenarios would work for me i i do think that like you you want to you, you do want to break them up and then down the road bring them back together again on main mm-hmm. roster i mean it's it's honestly like so much would depend on I mean, I know this is this is a very common fan refrain, but we all hope that there is much more continuity between NXT and main roster mm-hmm. once Vince McMahon steps down. Yeah, um, I'd like to think that if Triple H was the guy in charge, uh, there would be more continuity between their developmental brand and then what happens later on on main roster, mm-hmm. um, because then you could tell the kind of story, you know, it's it's yeah. similar to how they had uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in NXT and then how they were able to carry that on the main roster. If they did that today, you know, who knows if they'd even reference any of their past in NXT. Um, Back then there, there was a situation where, you know, Finn Balor coming up from NXT was the biggest deal on main roster. And they basically automatically put that universal title on them and they don't really do that anymore. And that's a shame because as fans of the product, you know, so many fans, they do watch 
you know, NXT, or I think they would probably tune in more to NXT if they knew that they kind of to the main roster because it's like, oh, I want to see where their journey starts, where so many people understand their journey stops and ends in NXT and they're a blank slate for the most part. They could have their entrance music change, their ring attire change, like look at Keith Lee and how much people cared about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's too much tinkering that goes on. There's too yeah. much that you forget about. You know, why is it Keith Lee didn't notice that his best friend and his girlfriend were attacking him uh, when <laughs> Retribution attacked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would he not notice that? That's really silly, and yeah. it insults the intelligence of fans. Well, I've always compared NXT to uh, a minor league baseball team, where you got to be a fan of the brand of the team because the 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 overturn of talents coming through there is so high. Yeah, and it's kind of you know you 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 could you know appreciate the talents of the player in AAA, for example. You know, be a fan of the the major league club. When they get moved up, that's a whole other ballgame. Level competition's higher. Just because they're really good and succeed at one level doesn't mean it's guaranteed they're going to succeed at the next level. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that's a fairly apt analogy. Um, and part of that's because there is no continuity between NXT and the main roster. If there was, then, you know, you you, you become a fan of, of, of somebody, pick up the main roster, you see, oh, this is the same character. You know, and that goes beyond... The packaging, the music, the the the, the entrance, the gear, um, and you know if there was that measure of continuity, uh, people like Steve said might be more apt to watch NXT because they want to see where all these talents are getting their start. I've always wondered. I wish there was like really, per- like just some way to quantify this hundred percent. Because I've always, when I've had professional wrestling conversations with casual fans, they know what SmackDown is, they know what Raw is. They don't watch NXT. Even with NXT being on USA, they're still not watching it. They're If they're watching anything, they're watching SmackDown on Fridays. They know about Roman Reigns. They know about Drew McIntyre. They know about Brock Lesnar. But they're not doing that. So I think the one thing I will say in Vince's favor in terms of not having a natural pipeline from NXT to Raw and SmackDown is... I don't think the fan base... Like, they, they travel well. <laughs> the sports analogy is I don't think... There is many like you and I. We watch everything. We we what we we do everything. But I don't think that is the majority of professional wrestling fans. I think the people who watch casually on Mondays and Fridays are not tuning in and seeing what they're doing with Pete Dunn on on Wednesdays. I, I I could be wrong. Maybe that's changing a little bit. But that is the sense that I get. So not having a natural thing and just starting Keith Lee over from scratch doesn't change a lot because I don't think the people who are watching are like. By and large, what happened to his music? Because I don't think they knew what his music was in NXT to begin with. Yeah, but they're also dropping the ball on that. Oh, yeah, by for sure. Not, by, by not cross-pollinating the brands more, mm-hmm. you're ensuring that people aren't going to watch NXT because you're not advertising it yeah. in a way that's that's proper and and you're going all in on it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the numbers the numbers play that out. I mean, yeah. uh, NXT averages around, what, 650 to 700 yeah. every week. Yeah. And Raw is, I mean, these days, lucky to get 2 million. So, yeah, clearly there's like over half of its audience uh, is not watching NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also starting to alienate the viewers who are watching NXT. Mm-hmm. And if you want to try to build that base, then you you pay attention to the details. So often you can generate buzz through the details. WWE is great at stumbling into some long-term storytelling, 
they're not very good at planning out their long-term storytelling. There are instances <laughs> where they do it. And when it's done, usually it's done pretty successfully. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. seeing that right now with the best thing on, on in wrestling right now, which is the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso thing. Yeah. You know, they have a natural long history because they're family. Um, so when you, when you ignore that brand, there's no reason for those casual fans who are watching raw to then watch NXT. Why would they? Because you do get a clean slate. Well, if they knew that, hey, this person has a history that extends before that, that, that predates Raw, maybe they will start tuning in. But right now, the general consensus is, well, by and large, when they come to main roster, it's kind of a blank slate. I mean, there are differences. Seemingly with Retribution, they're going to reference the past of NXT for each of those players. But, uh, but yeah, if, you, if, if, the, if the genesis of Retribution actually was an NXT and then they invaded that's a great selling point for NXT, yeah. but it wasn't. Yeah. They brought these people up uh, seemingly as new people. Then they sort of indicate, well, number one, it wasn't even them. It was like a bunch of performance center recruits like yep. in, in hoodies. So if you if you have something percolating in NXT that ends up blowing up on main roster, people will be more incentivized to go back and watch NXT. Their yeah. numbers would grow. Yeah, and I think also, too, when a vast majority of NXT call-ups are, 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 aren't handled in a way to make them seem like impact players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Keith Lee was Keith Lee debut and you, and you, you pay attention to him, even though they changed his music and his gear and all that, the, the, the situation in which he debuted, you're like, okay, they think highly of this. Vince guy. likes him. <laughs> yeah. But far mm-hmm. too often, uh, you know, I, I'll go back to the McMahon shakeup when they said, Oh, Hey, we're gonna have some new faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's introduce them via video package. And then it takes weeks from the show up on TV. Mm-hmm. By then people have forgotten that this is supposed yeah. to be a huge deal. And then what happens? They languish. Mm. Um, that happens far too often with NXT call-ups. If, if like Balor, Kevin Owens, Keith Lee, those are the that's the template you should follow. You know, for NXT call-ups. Yeah, Balor immediately in the Universal Title picture, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're good enough to challenge for the NXT title, and then you call it, it's it looks bad um, if you don't just make them big deals right away. If they're a big <clears> deal in the NXT. They should be a big deal on the main roster right away. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up here, um, the WWE draft happened, um, a lot of moving parts. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say that they did not have a strong plan as to where they wanted people to go. Uh, I like that you're assuming there was a plan in the first place. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. And I, I want cocktail to... napkin. That's what it was. It was, it was written post-it on a cocktail notes, like napkin. You do it, Steve. Yeah. Notes. yeah, I got post-it notes here. This is how the draft was done. Just like this. Was Adam sure, Pierce doing? Bryan, okay, sure, why not? Was Adam Pierce responsible as a WWE official for both shows? But like, who was drafting for who? And how are you deciding? Like, they were just making things up on the fly. And I've written about this, where like it's clear that Vince McMahon's never watched an NFL draft or understands yeah. how sports draft works. I don't think yeah. he he has any idea. Um, but the pools were dumb. They went away from the pools right away, which was incredible. I love that they just said screw it um, from the get go, not being able to handle their own parameters, but. What did y'all make? Who were the winners and who were the losers? Larson, you first. Uh, I mean, I think on on balance, if you look at the the superstars that change rosters, I think Raw, based on if only just sheer numbers, like you look at the the, the people who changed brands. Mm. You know, I I think Raw, you know, maybe had a third more people. Yeah. You know, net than SmackDown did. Um, amongst those, of course, you know, get AJ Styles, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss. Um, there's a lot of top tier talent that went from SmackDown, which of late has been the stronger show mm. of the two main roster brands creatively. 
Um, uh, and you take a lot of the, the, the top stars from that show, move over to Raw, that's a huge win for Raw. On the other hand, you got maybe the most uh, overplayed uh, 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 feud in all of WWE moving in mass to SmackDown. That is Seth Rollins versus Mysterio family. Yeah. Um, you know, that's already been going on since May, I think. So we're Rollins never made the six, move either. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at almost six months of that feud. I'm hoping this is just a situation. Ray got hurt. Yeah. They want to extend it. So uh, Ray gets his win over Seth at some point. Hopefully once Ray gets that W over Seth, that'll be it. Mm-hmm. They'll put this feud to rest and we don't have to worry about it anymore because it's just, it's, it's just gone on way too long. Um, and, uh, no, I think, we need, for... I think we need a couple more weeks of, uh, Aaliyah Mysterio pushing her father <laughs> to decide and walk into the back. I don't think I'm ready to, to wrap up that, that angle. <laughs> you want your telenovela played out all the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, clearly raw won the draft. It, it, it's not even close. Like, I mean, I just off the top of my head, AJ Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, Braun Strowman, the fiend, like they all went to raw yeah. and it's like, and it's like, yeah, it's a SmackDown got the Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins feud, the Kevin Owens, Aleister Black feud. Um, it, it's, it's it, the whole, the whole draft was, it was a sham. <laughs> like it was, it was my, my only hope. I mean, they literally drafted everything that Otis has ever done. They drafted them all away from Otis. Now I still mm. think that there's a possibility he lands on raw has something to do with the money in the bank briefcase, but I don't know. Larson's a little bit more pessimistic about that. Like they're probably just going to keep him on his own Island. It's, it's so dumb. Like you, you, you're right. You have an opportunity to make this like, you know, who's even the general manager of raw. Who's the general manager. Smackdown. Shane's right there. What he's doing raw underground. Why can't he just come out and like, just do it. What is Stephanie and Shane doing? Just bring them back out for the brand. Stephanie acts like it's all fake anyways. Like she shows up and she's like, Oh, Raw gets, and then she looks behind her all cheeky, retribution. <laughs> it's like, why did you just draft a, like a, a group who, it, it doesn't, it didn't make any sense. Nobody's, no. no, you don't have two powers trying to make their brands better. Right. You have, you know, Vince, uh, the cocktail napkin, you know, oh, why don't we put, we'll put him over. We'll just move this feud on mass over to, to SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. So we can start then, doing that on Friday night. Then they also just know. say, well, it's all the, the network executives that are calling the shots, you know, that like USA and Fox, the, you know, they, they wanted such and such. They wanted this talent on their show. Well, we know that that's, that's garbage. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. 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 That would be it's, funny it, though, the whole if we had USAA people making picks and, and Fox people making picks. That would actually be funny if they... Yeah, well, that's what they did. I mean, they, they did. They they had the war rooms at the last oh, draft we don't need with to talk USA about that. We don't Fox. need to talk about the war rooms. <laughs> I'm, I would even be okay with that because at least, at least we would, we would have somebody to point our fingers at yeah. and say... Oh well, they messed this up, or oh, they. Well, it's like oh, it's Cletus, the Fox football robot, making the pick. That makes sense, <laughs> right? And then, yeah, and then I don't know what does USA have? Law and Order? I don't think they. I don't think they have. A, <laughs> Dick a Wolf is making the picks for Raw. <laughs> they have Ice T making the, uh, the the other picks. So I don't know, man. It, it's it, it's kind of a mess. We're stuck with what we are. They're not going to rev- and they're doing it right before Survivor Series. So that kills any idea that we're going to do brand versus brand because at this point, who cares? Like oh, if it's, yeah. it's going to mean anything, you know, it's not going to mean anything because there's no brand loyalty. They just switched brands. Mm-hmm. It's it's asinine. The whole thing. I will say to wrap up here, the the biggest standout to me when I was looking over these rosters and just thinking about how they're going to book things is the biggest losers to me are tag teams. 
the tag team scene is just so bad. It I, I don't understand how it's gotten to this point, but injuries are a little bit of it. But when you watch AEW and you just watch Impact Wrestling on Tuesdays and you look at what those two companies have done with their tag team division and just put a strong emphasis on it, I just I don't know why this company refuses to just really establish a bunch of groups. I mean, even Drake Maverick and Killian Dane will be fun. Uh, NXT mm-hmm. gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they just won't do it, and it's basically Rude and Ziggler are back together as fans yeah. wanted. Street Profits, Shinsuke and Cesaro, a lot of just haphazard thrown together groups that had the same matches with each other all month long. And I don't I don't know. It's just kind of a bummer because I'm looking at that and I'm like, wow, the tag team division on the main roster is dead like it is dead yeah vince it's it's clear it's i think it's one of those things where it's always been percolating with vince uh, i remember uh conrad uh asked uh pritchard about that on one of uh one of their podcast episodes you know what what you know why didn't he was asking about a certain tag team match that wasn't oh he was asking i think they were talking about mania the the lawrence taylor bam bam bigelow mania mm-hmm. and he was like if you had any problems like why would was it ever was the idea ever offered to put lawrence in a tag team in case he couldn't help carry that match mm-hmm. in case bam bam couldn't carry him because he's a celebrity yeah. and who knows how that's going to go now lawrence taylor ended up being a pretty damn good wrestler uh but you know he said was that ever he was like no he was like you know we just because we, we wanted to be the main event he was like He's like, oh, because Vince doesn't want a tag team in the main event. He was like, no, that's not why. He was like, Vince, Vince, if there's a big enough tag team match, Vince would make it the main event. And Conrad was like, well, wait a second. Nothing was bigger than Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago. Why wasn't that in the main event? Well, it wasn't a main event match. Okay, well, that's the bullshit. Vince just doesn't yeah. like tag teams. And yeah. I think now that Vince is sort of it has fully entered into I don't give a crap phase anymore. He's just killing off tag teams in his company. That's just what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that played out with the the Angel Garza and Andrade thing. They're a team. Are they going to break up? Oh, yeah. No, we'll give them another tag title shot. And it seems like they're only breaking up now because Garza got hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I I mean, I would send Andrade back down to Raw's loaded. I would send Andrade back down to NXT and do some rehab down there. Um, It would not... uh, not be bad and charlotte's down there technically right like is charlotte like what is what even is the status on charlotte she's on raw she got drafted to raw but i think she was yeah i mean she was nxt champion and then uh yeah she got drafted to raw i'm I'm actually not a fan of charlotte if somebody's (laughs) gonna no i like charlotte i think charlotte's great um when uh, stars who have been on nxt Mm -hmm. with the exception of kevin owens I don't want to see him back on NXT because it seems like, see, I don't want the, I don't want NXT to be rehab. If somebody like AJ styles, if somebody hasn't gone through NXT, then I think that's a clear path for them to go to NXT because it won't feel like, Oh, they have nothing for you. A main roster might as well dump them on NXT so they can be relevant again, relevant again. Um, well, so like on Drade, half full glass, half empty person, right? Because if you're a glass half full person, you're like, Hey, NXT knows what they're doing. And fans are happy that they're sending talented people back to the brand that knows how to book them. So like Breezango is much better off on NXT than they are on the main roster. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if it's a, if it's seen as a place for rehab, because it makes us, it gives us an opportunity to enjoy the wrestlers that we like being used correctly. 
Uh, you're not about it. I, I can. I'm not, not about, about it. it. I like. I like the. I like new faces. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the 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 perception. Now, I mean, Ember Moon will be kind of interesting because yeah. she sort of rebranded herself going there. I'm not sure how much rebranding. If it's a rebrand, if it's like we talked about this before, like I was actually happy with Finn going to NXT mm-hmm. because. Uh, we got, he basically changed himself. He, he basically reverted to his new Japan to a degree, mm. uh, to his new Japan persona. He was a badass. He was a bad guy. Now he's sort of a tweener. That makes sense. If you're going to rebrand yourself, if we're basically getting a new character out of you, cool, do it. Why not? Uh, Andrade, I've seen peak Andrade, both in NXT and on main roster. I don't know what he could do to change himself sufficiently to bring anything new to NXT. If they put him with Legato del Fantasma, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but like, I really love Andrade the way is the way he is. I just want to see him do cool stuff on main roster. I don't think that's going to happen. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> if, if, if history is any indication, it's probably. Well, I guess not if, if it's a situation where is he going to languish on main or succeed in NXT? I'd rather see the the guy succeed. Right. And that's, that's where my head's take. at. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess from a career standpoint, I understand from a creative standpoint, it seems like a step down for someone who's been kind of spinning their wheels on made, made a roster to make the move to NXT. Yeah. You know, I guess for one's career, if it's a situation where, well, they wrestle once a month, maybe on Raw and main event, the show main event, or if you're really involved, <laughs> do cool stuff in NXT, you know, I'd take the latter. But, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, Ricochet has been main eventing for months, depending on how you how you phrase that, because he has been on yeah. main event. Um, (laughs) guys this has been a blast i've taken way too much of your time today but i greatly appreciate it um where can we go to listen to going in raw youtube everything what would you like to plug before we get out of here on the youtube you can find us at youtube.com slash steve and larson uh and we're of course found wherever audio podcasts can be found so just put in the search engine on whatever audio podcast app you like uh, uh going in raw uh, and then uh, we also film our recaps live on the Twitch. Uh, generally speaking, for Raw, SmackDown, and AEW and pay per views, right after the show is over, and then our NXT review uh, uh, is uh, right after this show. So it's yes. on the Twitch, also uh, usually on Thursday afternoons. So uh, so yeah, you can check us out there. Yeah. All right, go do that and blame me for the delay in their show this afternoon. It is my fault. So send me your hate. Do not send it to them. It is not their fault. Guys, thank you so much. We'll have to do this again soon. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having us. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.